Well, hello, friends. I hope wherever you are in the world, life is treating you well. As I record this episode, this is going to appear in our February Heart to Heart series. And we'll be talking about a variety of different heart to heart issues from physical to the relationships that we have with the people around us. And in this particular episode, I am going to cover heart to heart as it relates to interpersonal relationships. A lot of times in interpersonal relationships, we struggle with giving people feedback. We often have angst about how we are experiencing someone in our lives. And oftentimes, people are not properly confronted. And I don't mean confronted in a negative way. I mean that a lot of times people are not given full context of what's going on in a situation if there's a such a, a such of a situation that's occurring. And I think oftentimes we have to consider that we need to be aware of the people that we're interacting with. I think that there are some personalities in our lives that can be a little bit explosive. And we have to, as I say, wear our kid gloves. But I still think we have the onus of giving them feedback. And I used to always hear this in business, and I'm sure you may have heard this too, always do it with the cookie. You know, you give something positive, then you give the feedback, and then you layer it with something positive because the tendency is for people to receive it better. But I think a lot of times we wear on our hearts the angst of when there's a relationship breakdown and we don't have the proper talk with the person to let them know what we're experiencing in the relationship with them. And this isn't just, again, with people that we are in love with, our family members. This also happens at work. And I do believe that we have to think big picture and look at strategy. You know, everything doesn't have to be spoken. And that's something I had to learn very late in life, unfortunately. But I finally got it because I used to be of the premise just because I felt it, I needed to express it. And I had to get to a point where I realized that my thoughts are just that. There are my own private thoughts and I can have a lot of thoughts and it doesn't make me a bad person if I have negative thoughts about someone from time to time. I am allowed to let those feelings rise and fall. And I think sometimes what happens is we don't deal with our feelings. So then when the person comes back around, we are then later triggered because we haven't truly worked out how we're dealing with those particular people. And some situations are easier than others, right? You know, we have to keep our employment so we can't be so honest to the point that we're ready to pack up our desk and say things that really may get us in hot water. We have to present it in a diplomatic way. And we also have to be strategic. We do live in a time where people can use the information against you. So you also have to be aware of your audience. And that goes without saying. There are some people, unfortunately, who can't receive feedback very well. And I think that sometimes what we have to do is be in observatory mode. And that is just taking some pointed time to look at how that person we deal with interacts with us and specifically other people. Sometimes what will happen is over time we'll begin to see a character um, 
recognition of that person, meaning that we'll know if we'll give this person a fake name of Denise. We'll know if Denise is in a situation that she has a tendency to make passive aggressive remarks. So you will keep that in the back of your mind when you're talking with a person like Denise, because again, this was part of her makeup. And you say, well, that sounds great if you know people, but what if you don't know people? And that's the thing, like a lot of times in our life experiences, we aren't going to know everybody. We're not going to have the blueprint. But what I think we can do is use our, I call it human intuition and our inner gut. There's a lot that happens with our bodies when we are in situations where we get a feeling that something is not quite right. And a lot of times what we want to do is mentally explain the issue in our minds because we can't really quantify the angst. As like, for example, if you're driving down the street and you got a feeling to make a left turn and you don't know why, but something in you is telling you to make the left turn. Well, you keep on driving and you make that, you don't make the left turn. And what happens? You go up further and there's an accident. And this accident is going to delay you from your exercise class. And your gut was telling you, hey, make the left turn. I think a lot of times we are not paying attention to our body giving us clues around things and situations. And I think it takes time for us to hone in on that. It's not something that comes easy to everyone. And it's something that can be very useful if we use it correctly. I think it's one of the things that can keep us safe on a lot of different levels. It's not foolproof for sure, but I think it definitely helps us more than we know and it's underutilized. So that's something to keep in mind. I think when it comes to family, it's complicated. And I say this because everyone has their own nuances within families. And I tell you, um, families are like that. You know, there there are times in which families can really work together for the greater good. And there are times in which you may see families tear each other apart. And there are times in which people just want to have the fellowship with the family, even if there's some toxicity laced with it. And I will tell you, I've had situations with certain family members that I wasn't okay with their lifestyle and how they showed up in the world. But I also wanted to still support them in their journey. And there was still some fruit that I got from the relationship. Now, this didn't mean I hung out with these relatives all the time. It just meant that I decided that I was going to take pointed time in which I was going to fellowship with these set of people. And that so far has worked for me. I think the other thing, too, is understanding that everybody, you can't do everything with everybody and you can't have conversations with everybody either. And I think this is another reality that we also have to really think about. You know, there are times in which there are people that we love and care about dearly. And and sometimes they are just not at mental capacity to have some of the conversations we would like to have with them they're just not. You know, I joke because I always say, you know, my parents are boomer parents and they're, you know, all these generations are um, labeled, so to speak. I'm a Gen Xer and they do all these things on social media to kind of portray us. But I do think there's certain levels to that 
to these generational things that seem to bear out and be true in a lot of them. And the one thing about boomers, I notice a lot of times they get very defensive. They feel what they feel and that's just how it is, you know. And I don't try to make my mom or dad see my things from my pur- purview because I understand they're only going to see it from their perspective and their experiences. And that's really the reality with most people. So what I try to do is just understand that in relationship with them, there are aspects of our relationship that we are just not going to agree on. And that's okay. And I have not had this under, how can I say it? I haven't had this overwhelming feeling, let me clarify, that I have to beat this point home with them. And I had this conversation with my daughter and she had mentioned you know, mom, I have hard times being in relationship with people who can't be honest. And it's really hard for me to trust somebody when they show me consistently that they can't be honest. And I had to commend her to say, hey, it's good that you recognize that this character flaw doesn't work for you. Because a lot of times people will rinse and repeat and will continue to try to get a person to change and this is not a part of who they are and I want to insert my dad my biological dad my biological dad who passed away and for those of you who are new to the podcast I always say my bonus dad and my biological dad um so um just to, for clarification so my biological dad he passed away in September of 23 and me and my dad had a lot of nuances to our relationships And I tell you, he was one of the toughest teachers I had on this earthly planet. He showed me so much about myself and what truth and what I stood for and what it is to understand where people are in their walk in life. And what I got the opportunity to do later in the years that we spent together before he passed on was accept him for who he was. And it wasn't that. I wasn't disappointed of different things that happened in childhood. It wasn't that our relationship was perfect, but I accepted that my dad had things about him that were not going to change and that some of these things in the past had been really hurtful to me. So I had put up boundaries and I didn't go to my dad at the time and say, hey, dad, I got these boundaries. But what I would do is... There were certain conversations I knew that I could not have with my dad because he wouldn't provide the honesty that I required of the certain conversations. But I enjoyed talking to him about different nuances in life. He was on fire for politics. Let me tell you, he even went so far to say if Trump got reelected, he was moving to Canada. I'll never forget that. I remember when the voter fraud thing came out, he was on fire about that. And it was good to be able to talk about that. And my dad was a big sports person. I mean, goodness gravy, he loved all the Ohio sports. And I enjoyed having those conversations. But I couldn't have the conversations about how I struggled as a young person growing up. And I did not have the support from him the way I needed him to show up for me. And the other thing is, too, is that when I look at things now, and it's so 
interesting how you can look at people after they pass on is that a lot of this stuff wasn't a me issue. It affected me and those things definitely happened. But I don't think my dad woke up and said, you know what, I'm going to treat all my kids bad. I'm not going to do what I said I was going to do. I am going to let them down. I'm going to cause them to have mom and dad issues and I'm going to be inconsistent. And by the time I be kind of consistent, they're already grown. I don't think my dad consciously did that. But life lived and we had ebbs and flows in our relationship. I'll tell you this one incident. So a couple of years ago, it was many years ago because the kids were all younger and they were all at home at this point. I don't even I'm not sure if my oldest had went away to college at that point in time. I mean, this had to be well over five. I mean, well over 10 years at least. So my dad was diabetic and my dad was coming over for Easter, I believe. And at the time, buying groceries was not an easy feat for me. Um, we had groceries, but I, I really had struggled back then financially. So I remember finally feeling comfortable to the point that we were going to have a wonderful Easter dinner. I had got like a smoked turkey. I believe I also had side dishes I made. And I also went to a bakery. And this bakery is known for pies. I want to say it's called Just Pies. So I got this pie and the pie was a sugar-free pie. Now the pie was not cheap because again, this is a specialty pie place. And this place, um, you really had to order in advance. And for me to be that organized at that point in my life and have the dinner and already, that, that was huge. And the other thing was I had macaroni. But I made sure I would get the macaroni that um, was protein based and didn't have all the carbs. Again, thinking about my dad and his diabetes. So dinner is getting closer to rolling around. And I forgot what time it was. And I'm kind of looking at the time and time in the food. And I, I reach out to my dad. And then my dad texts me and says he won't be able to come because he didn't have anybody to watch his dogs. You know, I took that pie and flew it across my kitchen. I sure did. I went ape crazy. I sure did. And I lost my cool. I mean, I used so much profanity. It was unbelievable. And I looked at everything I had poured into that moment. And I was hoping the one time he would do the right thing and figure it out and be there. And he couldn't. Now, on the other hand, I had had a surgery I needed, and he was there for surgery. I even had to retake my driving test as an adult. How embarrassing. And he brought his car for me to take the test. Ironically, I failed, but story for another day. But, but in totality, when I look back, I am grateful for the time I had with him because I learned so much about my family, about myself, and I learned about him as a human being. And, and this is the thing when we talk about heart to heart. A lot of the times when we are struggling with people, it's not us. And I'm not going to take us completely off the hook. I, I, I'm going to use my dad here because a lot of this stuff is their own issues. Sometimes, you know, you can work with a boss who had managed employees who did some of everything. So they decide 
you know what? I'm going to I'm going to rule with the iron fist because no one is going to do me like those other employees did me. So they have this mentality that, nope, this isn't happening to me. And again, and I'm going to guard against it in the same way when us grownups get into the dating world or we're newly divorced. You go through so many things with people and you have your list of no's, right? You're ready. Like, I don't do this. I don't do that. And you're not doing this. and You're not doing that. And while I think it's good to have boundaries, and I'm not saying you shouldn't, I think a lot of times, a lot of people's pain brings the angst out. And instead of making exploratory. And the thing about it is, we need to look at where we are with those certain people. Like, does everyone deserve to be put on a really strict schedule? And I'm talking hypothetically if we're talking about work. Because one employee in the past decided they weren't going to be consistent and they didn't come on, come in on time. Probably not. But the reality is a lot of times we get stuck in what we've had in the past that happened and we want to guard against it. And it's like we don't want to go through that again. I'll tell you as a divorcee, uh, divorce is one of the hardest things that you can ever go through in this life. There, It takes you through an emotional roller coaster and you don't believe that you will ever come out the other side and I'm here to tell you friends you do now what I will say is there are two people that get divorced there are those like myself who get divorced we learn from what happened in that relationship we may have some scars but we move on and there are people who get divorced and they stay bitter and they grow bitter and they just sit 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 and reflect, reflect, reflect. And I think that's more detrimental than anything because what we are supposed to do is show up in our life and not live it based on what happened in the past. And that's what we have that happens to so many people. We're so tethered to what happened in the past. We're not forward thinking about what's really moving us right now in current time. And we're waiting for the ball to drop. And I think for a long time, I used to live that way in some regards. You know, life at one point in time had given me the information in my brain at one point in time that if I'm happy for a really long period of time, then something's going to happen and my happiness is going to go away. And what I had to learn is that happiness does have ebbs and flows, but I can have a state of contentment. That's not based on my happiness, right? That doesn't mean that I don't have pain and sorrow. doesn't mean that my day is bad, but I have a sense of contentment that my basic needs are met as a human being and that I'm able to flow through this life and be able to be reflective of the things that are working. I can truly be dissatisfied by the things that aren't work working at that time, but I can really be in gratitude of all the things that are coming together for the greater good. And I think that's the thing I'm learning to lean into more and more. And I think that a lot of times we feel like every issue that we have to take on, and we don't. We simply do not. And I think that it's so important for us to wonder, big picture, what is our why with the people that we have in our lives? And I'm going to talk more specifically in this instance in a romantic and friendship 
because these are the people you decide to bring in. These aren't people that you inherit. These are relationships that you import into your life. And I think it's very important that we reflect and we look and assess, are we really getting the fruit that we need from these relationships? A lot of people will say, well, what what does that mean? You know, if you love your friend or you love your, your significant other, what does that mean? But a lot of times people will stay in relationship because of the time frame that they've been with people or because nothing bad has happened. But a lot of times people don't do the reflection to see if they are getting what they need out of that relationship. It's just like if you had a friend and your friend called you every day to tell them, tell you about all the things going on with them and their problems. But if you were to get on the phone and call this friend, you would always get a busy signal. You couldn't call this friend. You couldn't tell them that. But mysteriously, they can call you and they can get the best advice, the best support, and you would cheer them on the way. But when you needed it, your friend couldn't be there. And again, just because someone hasn't done something bad to you in a horrific way doesn't mean that it's not still stealing a life force away from you. And you can have the opportunity to meet with someone in life who is reciprocal and can give you what you need. In the same way in relationship, I remember there was a gentleman who was like, yeah, I'm not into giving women flowers. That's just not my thing. And I had to probe a little bit because I've heard this from a couple of guys. And what happens is, like a lot of us, a guy will buy flowers to someone and maybe that person didn't receive them well and they had some negative feedback. So in their minds, guys punish all flowers. I will not give out flowers because this gave me a negative experience. Instead of saying that person that I gave the flowers to, they had a negative reaction. That doesn't mean every person is going to have a negative reaction. And I think a lot of times we deal in life in that way when it comes to relationships. It's like for forever person who likes Chinese, there's somebody who doesn't. And find the person that you want to eat Chinese with or whatever your thing is. I'm just using that as an example. But a lot of times we'll get stuck in relationships with people and things because we think it's the thing to do. And oftentimes we are missing out. I will say, honestly, when I look back at a lot of my past relationships, I wasn't getting what I needed. I was getting crumbs, if I can be really transparent with you. I was dealing with these people. And that was my fault. I can't sit here and play the victim and say, Oh, these poor guys, you know, what I could say is I did not speak up and advocate for myself and I did not make another change of plans until things got so bad in the past. And what I had to realize is that you don't have to make things fit. If they don't feel good, they don't have. Oh, that's okay. You can totally move on. There doesn't have to be a fight. People don't have to get angry. But what we can do is show up for each other in love and understand that we owe ourselves the onus of being true to us. You know, and I thought about this very deeply um, because a lot of times, especially I'll say with a lot of heterosexual women, we want to put everybody in a box. Well, either he's husband material or he's not. And sometimes what I find is that we are so 
disappointed about someone not wasting our time instead of really making the assessment of, is this person really a good fit? Because hypothetically, if that person pulled out a ring tomorrow, would you really want that person to be your husband if they're truly not in the capacity to be your husband? Probably not. And I think a lot of times that leaves us a lot to think about. You know, a lot of times we have instances in which we are in relationships with people and we aren't in the moment and we're fast tracking to what the future should be. And in and, and no way am I saying if you have goals to be a person that's married, that you shouldn't have these conversations. But I also don't believe in if the person you're currently dating is not in the space to be a partner in marriage, then we don't have anything to talk about. Like we're not going to bring up the marriage topic because what we don't want to do is then try to coerce someone into being married or find out their why. I think there's a way we can have those conversations from a curiosity standpoint. But let's say, for example, if you've moved well beyond that and you know this person is just not at capacity to get married, I will tell you my current boyfriend I'm dating right now, he is not at capacity today to get married. And at this point, I don't want to get married tomorrow myself. I also love myself enough that I want the husband who's ready for all of me. And just because a ring pops out doesn't mean that I need to accept it either because I got a proposal. I need to evaluate the situation for myself and see, is this person really going to give me the marriage that I deserve? Is this the person I truly want to partner with? And I think those are the things we really, really need to get granular and ask ourselves and not make it fit or make it work. And we need to get there when we're supposed to be there. And we also have to be okay when life has a change of plans and we can feel sad about it. I definitely believe that, you know, when we have people that leave out of our lives and They've left an, a nice blueprint and we've had some good times. Definitely, we're going to feel sad about those transitions. But we don't get to stay there because there are there's another door. And that's the point I'm getting to in these instances, whether it's friends or relationship things, is that there's another door that opens up to additional people in our lives that we can import. And we don't have to stay stuck. And I wish I would have had the freedom of really exercising that a whole lot more in my prior life instead of feeling like I was cemented with people. So this episode was a heart to heart, just thinking about different things as we approach February and love and relationship and all heart matters and all different kinds of ways, just giving you the ideas to think as we peruse through February of 2024. Our next episode will be about Valentine's Day. And I'm actually will drop that probably a day before Valentine's Day. So I hope you enjoyed the episode uh, for that and uh, get fruit from that. And I wish you well, my dear friends. Namaste.